Well, Kathy, thank you for joining me for this conversation about early childhood education, um, your field and your specialty. Happy to be here. Thank you. And um, I, I can tell you in my career as a school leader and school head, I would say the story has been a growing appreciation for the place and importance of early childhood education. But I gather you had that from the start. So tell me, how did you get started in early childhood education? When did you know that it was your calling? I, I think I knew early on in my life. I started babysitting when I was 11 years old. Mm. And I, in the neighborhood, and then I started teaching Sunday school with the little ones, and I loved that. And when I went to college, I definitely knew that I wanted to um, get a teaching credential and be a teacher. And I actually thought I would be a teacher for my whole life, but Viewpoint has allowed me different opportunities to grow and... Um, very grateful that I landed here. It was unexpected. Um, I went to public schools. I didn't really know anything about independent schools. And after I graduated, I had a friend who was working here, and they needed an assistant teacher. And I thought, well, I'm in between school, school years, so I'd like to give it a try. And it has been become my whole life. And some, so grateful for that. Some of our best teachers uh, find us um, sort of accidentally in that way. Yes. You started in the middle of a school year? I did. Wow. We were I lucky. I did. Yes. <laughs> and and uh, I know you often say you've been lucky. I think Viewpoint's been lucky as well. Yes. Well, from my perspective, it's it's just been a wonderful, wonderful life to be here and gotten to know so many wonderful and amazing people. My best friends have come from my my time at Viewpoint and um, my cherished memories um, of being in the classroom and being a leader with young children. And it just continues every day to get those smiles and hugs and hi, Mrs. Edelman, across the campus and across the courtyard. And I get to ring the bell in the morning. And um, it's just, it is pure joy for I me. I know we just came out of the kindergarten's um, performance of The Little Engine. Yes, we did. I, I think I've seen it about 20 times in my mm -hmm. eight years here, which means <laughs> you've seen it many more than, yes. than 20 times. Yes. And um, I, I genuinely told the parents at the end that the spirit you bring to your work creates that culture where Thank their children you. can grow and thrive. So I guess I'd say I, I, I definitely still see you as a teacher. I think you're teaching all the time through your leadership. And, Thank you. Um, I mean, I, I, I aspire to do the mm -hmm. same. Um, some teachers... Um, you know, might teach everything, kindergarten, college, adults. Um, other teachers um, know that there's a grade or an age that where they belong. Mm -hmm. um, where, where are you in that? I agree with you. I, I think that it takes a very special person mm -hmm. to be a primary school level teacher. Mm -hmm. um, but yet I admire 
what teachers do throughout the school in lower school, middle school, and upper school. And I know that um, that would not be my calling. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just, I, I think my love of and excitement for the children learning when they're first starting is just the best. And um, so I haven't ever thought of leaving this division. And um, when we first um, had the lower school, I was the head of the lower school. Um, when That Dr. was all the way JK, junior kindergarten it through fifth junior grade? junior kindergarten through fourth grade. Through fourth grade. And um, it was interesting. I enjoyed... I enjoyed working with the third and fourth grade teachers. But when we had the opportunity after we purchased the Meadow Oaks property to split the division, I was very happy to <laughs> stay with the little ones. And I see you, you light up when you talk about yes. that. <laughs> yes. And uh, your assistant head of lower school, uh, Claudia Antoine, yes. Uh, yes. as we know, Mrs. Antoine today, yes. was able to move over and um, create that role of head of lower school. Yes, she was. As you created the role of head of primary school. Yes. Um, I, I first, you know, I, I was... Um, I started in teaching, teaching high school students, teaching adolescents Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, teaching them very serious academics. I was a literature teacher, teaching writing. And um, I had no idea about the value of early childhood education, Mm -hmm. I think, until um, my own children, our own daughters were Mm -hmm. coming into pre-K and kindergarten years. And I began to see what a difference a kindergarten teacher makes. Mm-hmm. And then the first time I was ahead of a school that had a program for three-year-olds and four-year-olds, mm-hmm. I've been able to see the power of a gifted early childhood teacher in a school and in a child's life. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think distinguishes a really gifted early childhood teacher? Well, first of all, I think you have to love the age level Mm. and appreciate the age level because there is so much that the little ones need from you when they start school. And so that patience and that ability to say, good job, and you did it. And these are the words that we hear in the classroom from the teachers. There's a lot of enthusiasm as the children are learning, as the children are making progress. Sometimes there are tears, so you have to have that empathy, that flexibility to help and guide every single child that's in your classroom. And it takes a lot. It's a lot of stamina. But when you have the heart for these children, these little ones, you just, I think at the end of every day when I was a teacher, I just felt so satisfied. I felt satisfied with the aha moments that they had. I felt very satisfied with the joy, even with the tears, because sometimes things happen and you get your feelings hurt. But when you're able to have your hand on that child's shoulder or give them a hug and say, it's going to be okay, and what can we do next time? Can we use our words and tell that person that they hurt my feelings? All of those, all of those little things that the, the teachers of the younger children are happening all the time. 
And I'm so proud of my faculty. The faculty in the primary school, every single one of the teachers and assistants, they truly love these children. And, you know, if anything's going on, that teacher's in my office, and this is what's going on, what should we do? We, we talk about it, we come up with solutions, maybe we're calling parents, maybe we're having a meeting in the office. But um, it's just wonderful, and, you know, it makes me feel... Um, I feel satisfied at the end of every day hmm. that I was a part of a child's life when they needed me. I was a part of helping a teacher when she or he needed me. Um, and I, I think as you go through the years, you just you just acquire a lot of information. And you've been in a lot of circumstances. And I know for myself, I have grown so much hmm. over the years. And for me to be able to guide someone else or help someone else, it's very, very um, gratifying. I know you're a part of parents' lives when they need you, too, in your yes. role now. Yes. And I know from our parents just what a difference you've made well, in so many parents' you. lives. Thank you. I, I do love interacting with the parents, and I know sometimes if there's an issue, they worry, And um, but I my words are always, this is team, whoever their child is, and it's the <laughs> teacher, it's me, it's Mrs. Harrington, and it's them. And, you know, once they're part of our school, they, um, that child is important, and we will do everything we can. And we're so lucky at our school that we have the learning specialists. We have a whole team at this point. Children who are struggling are getting extra help. The teachers are feeling um, really grateful for that extra help that we can give the children. And the children are coming along. And... Um, you know, that's just part of part of what we do. I, I would say at Viewpoint School, when children come and we um, say to that parent, we want your child, we give them an enrollment contract, we are 100% all in hmm. for those children. And, you know, young children, you just never know at, at that young age what what the strengths are going to be and maybe what they're going to struggle with a little bit. But if we're all there surrounding them and helping them with those struggles, it's a win-win. And from a teacher's point of view, from my point of view, when a child has an aha moment, your heart just soars and you see that satisfaction and I did it and it's just the best. Just the best. I love to think about a little Mark McKee or a little Kathy mm -hmm. Edelman and, and uh, the team that you have surrounding mm -hmm. Team Mark or Team mm -hmm. Kathy. That's really beautiful. It is. It um, is. I think about our teachers that you work with. Mm -hmm. You know, um, when you're a kindergarten or first grade teacher, you know, a Brooke Stevens or a Vicki Schulhoff, you know, teaching children reading, arithmetic, these very building blocks of their mm -hmm. future academic careers. Um, I really think about how um, the kindergarten child t teacher 
the kindergarten teacher never gets tired of the fact that every year those children walk into that classroom and they're going to need to learn to read. Mm -hmm. Or if they're already reading, they're going to need to learn to grow in their reading. I mean, you know, what is it about the kindergarten, the primary teacher, the first grade teacher um, that keeps them fresh every year, not getting tired of teaching those of those basics? Well, you know, that's a very interesting question, because by the end of the the end of the school year, we see the progress, we see the growth, mm. and it's uh, it's just really a source of pride for the teachers and for all of us to see what they've accomplished because it's such an important year. But then to start all over again, that's that's an interesting an interesting question because it really is starting all over again. You're you've. You know, you're starting with children, some of who know their letters and sounds. Some of them knew, know how to read. Some of them don't know any of those things. Um, but the program that we've put together is very systematic. And mm-hmm. I think that that helps the teachers because the program laid out and their expertise and their experience has shown them Everyone needs to start from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then we see how they move along in that first six weeks. That first six weeks of school is, I would say, especially in kindergarten. It's in every grade level, but kindergarten. We're going to see at that point who's moving along, who's a little stuck, who needs this and that. We're also... um, we're talking about the um, the rules in the classroom, mm-hmm. the expectations in the classroom. We're bringing in responsive learning, so we're becoming a family. In responsive learning, we have a topic every day, and all of the children um, speak and and give their their answers to whatever question it is, and so they're getting to know each other. And once that six weeks passes, we kind of are able to put the children in groups. And one of the things I value the most in where we are at this point in time is that we are differentiating our curriculum Mm -hmm. and we're working in small groups. So the group that you're in with working with the teacher, everyone's going to have a similar background and what they've where they are and what they can do and additionally the seat work that's put in their folder is Mm -hmm. might be different than the person that's sitting next to them and that happens in math as well and the children um, they get into a routine and they learn that routine in the first six weeks and know that they're going to spend a little time with the teacher at the reading table they're going to spend a little time doing independent seat work Then there are um, center activities, so they get to go and choose centers, and then there are toys. And so about every 15 15 minutes, everybody's rotating all the time. Mm. So unlike us, when we went to school, we were all sitting, Mm -hmm. and we were all doing the same thing. The children are learning quickly that um, they have lots and lots of things to do, and they're motivated to get that seat work done so they can get off to the centers and then again to the toys and special time with the teachers. And that sense of 
and practice of assessing and evaluating keeps happening throughout the year so that we make sure the children are placed with exactly the right group of students. And, um, you know, we're working on also how to get along. Mm -hmm. We have our character program, and Mrs. Harrington is amazing. She goes into all of the classrooms and... So not only are we teaching academics, but we're teaching kindness, we're teaching respect, we're teaching responsibility. Lots and lots of things that go into helping us to be the best person we can be. I have certainly seen that progress. I, we're sitting having this conversation in March, mm -hmm. and I know that when we come back from the spring break, we'll be um, in a few weeks yes. um, at open house time. Yes, we will. And, um, parents and, and children mm -hmm. will be able to look at portfolios of mm -hmm. their work and yes. trace where they started in September yes. and where they land at yes. the end of the school year. So that that is very rewarding. Mm -hmm. You know, you mentioned um, the first six weeks of school, and it's so important in responsive classroom. There's a whole book called mm -hmm. The First Six Weeks of School, yes. isn't, yes. isn't that? Isn't there? <laughs> and the teachers all have it. And I really think that's what helps them start the new year. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a process. But if you didn't have that process and you didn't have truly the love of what you're doing, I don't know if you could really do it year after year because it is, um, it's a very important time for the children. Um, they're coming into a new school usually, um, and except our TK now. When they went into kindergarten this year, I'm veering off a little bit, but yeah. they were <laughs> all set. We'll talk about we'll talk about TK. Yes. I, I have another question about teachers yes. because so we have this incredible team of experienced teachers, um, many of whom have been at Viewpoint, not just teaching many years, but been at Viewpoint many years. Yes, and then we've also had the opportunity to recruit and um, hire, bring on newer teachers, mm -hmm. um, some of whom are you know, early in their careers yes. and just starting out. Yes. Um, how do you inspire those teachers to um, bring their best to Viewpoint? Well, first of all, if I do say so myself, I think we've done some really good hiring. I think we have too. <laughs> and that's the first point, um, because we know what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have, you know, two fairly new teachers in our division this year. We have Miss Landy, who's right out of college, who's our music teacher, who is just knocking it out of the park. She's so, we love her vibrancy. She's excited. She is, um, she's looking at the traditions that we have at Viewpoint in, mm -hmm. in the area of music. And she's, you know, always popping into my office or Vanessa's office and saying, I have this new song that I think might really just liven everything up. Can we, can, can I show it to you? And so that, I'm getting goosebumps again. That happens to me all the time when I get excited. But it's just been so fun to watch her work with the children and to see such a young teacher who um, is be is so successful and so highly regarded at our school. And we did have a music teacher who was here for many, many years. So there were big shoes to, to follow in. 
but she's just doing it, and it is fabulous. We're all so excited about what she's doing. You know, we um, we have a lot of traditions at Viewpoint, mm-hmm. and we have our World Ready Promise, which mm-hmm. is focused on the future. Yes. Um, the idea of we're creating exceptional readiness for mm-hmm. extraordinary futures. Mm-hmm. Um, I have certainly heard you talk about how that begins in primary school. Mm-hmm. And we have this notion of a vision of a school where tradition connects us and innovation propels mm-hmm. us. I have to tell you, I've often said the primary school is um, such, has such a heartbeat of innovation. Um, you know, how have you kept driving innovation as the leader of the primary school? Well, I think through the years, um, when I first started at Viewpoint, everything was pretty prescribed. Mm-hmm. And we had something called the Cardin Method. We did. We had the Cardin Method. Um, we went to the Cardin classes, and every teacher was doing the Cardin Method. And there were certain things we could put up on bulletin boards. And so there was, it was very prescribed, whether it was the curriculum or what your room looked like. It, we, we just knew what was expected of us. You, you weren't going into your director's office and saying, I have a new thing I'd like to try. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. In fact, we, we went for two weeks to the Cardin classes with Mr. Taylor um, down in Long Beach. And then uh, Mrs. Jordan, we had uh, Cardin lessons on Monday afternoon. Mm. And what, was Sally Jordan, was she sort of in your role at that time? Or a role she like your role? She was in a leadership role in the school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it wasn't exactly my role, but she was the queen of Cardin. And um, <laughs> they really wanted to make sure that, you know, we all knew what to do. And um, when I was teaching, I had to give um, every single day two sets of papers of my students. And Mrs. Jordan would look at all of those papers. And then she would send back little notes on what she thought we should do tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And so it was it was very looked after by the administration. That sounds like the school's and core value of excellence. Yes. I think well <laughs> I think it was going a little further than that. But at the time as a brand new teacher here, I really valued mm-hmm. that because um, you know, it was advice and I wanted to do my best job and I wanted to make sure that everybody was happy with what I was doing. It's just my nature. Mm-hmm. So to have that kind of um, leadership, I thought was helpful at the time. But as we moved on, um, we started to realize that the math, the arithmetic part of Cardin was really not as robust as it needed to. Mm. And that was the first area of curriculum that we sort of broke off from um, the Cardin method. Mm-hmm. And Terry Biddick started to teach at Viewpoint specifically in math, and she started to give guidance. And this was when Dr. Dorkowski or Mr. O'Leary, it might have been Mr. O'Leary's time, who came before Dr. Dorkowski. Wow, my predecessor's predecessor. Yes, (laughs) yes. And then eventually we started looking um, 
at different reading materials and eventually just sort of left the Carden method behind. But um, the parents who established the school, they, um, they needed to find a curriculum because mm-hmm. they were not educators. They were mm-hmm. not trained in that area. So they located Miss Carden in New York and they brought her out here and they were impressed. And I think it was a strategic move at the time mm-hmm. because it was very guided. And actually, when I came to the school, um, I was one of the only credentialed teachers at the time. They wow. they didn't really want credentialed teachers because they wanted <clears throat> people to, who would follow this methodology. They wanted Cardin teachers. Yes, they wanted Cardin teachers. And you were trained in education school more yes. broadly than that. Yeah. Yes. It's so um, it's interesting knowing just a bit about the Cardin method. I mean, that debate continues mm-hmm. in teaching reading mm-hmm. about, you know, in my career, we it's been phonics versus whole language instruction. Mm-hmm. And and I think, um, uh, you know, I, I think you've led us to a place that is much more balanced um, in yes. in approach, mm-hmm. not favoring uh, just one way and in the same in mathematics, as you're yes. saying, yes. you know, because um, what you were describing about teachers work now is very complex mm-hmm. with differentiation, mm-hmm. with paying attention to all the different individuals in mm-hmm. the classroom. Yes. And then with, as you described, lessons and centers and yes. keeping kids moving every 15 minutes, the yeah. job of a teacher is much more complicated. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But it's also best practice for children. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I think that that's always at the helm What's the best for the children? And, you know, we just keep evolving. And that's one of the things that I've really appreciated and loved about Viewpoint is teachers come with different ideas. We have learning specialists who have, you know, strong ideas about different things that children really need. And so as we have progressed through different materials that have become available, we're always looking for what's best. And, and yet, we really realize that um, the teaching of the reading, I think we're doing a great job with that and the differentiation because some children come to kindergarten already reading, whereas others don't even know their letters and sounds. And we have materials with that depth and breadth for all children. And as you tell parents, they all end up okay. They do. (laughs) Just at their own pace. At their own pace, exactly. I've watched you innovate the primary school program in my years here as head, and what's an innovation that you're really proud of? Um, What's a change that has really worked out well? Well, I would say the innovation space is something I'm very, very proud of. Mm -hmm. And that was um, Lisa Kessler. Mm -hmm. We had her on campus. She was a teacher, and um, she had gotten involved in this innovative field and really pitched that to all of us. And at the point that we were able to, you know, create the primary school buildings and add that innovation space, I really think... That is just a keynote Mm. for the school because when the children go into innovation, first of all, I think it's their favorite. 
<laughs> and there are so many materials in that room and so many different skills that they're teaching. I was in there this week, and the kindergarten were learning to sew. And um, they are ultimately going to, they were learning how to do the stitch, and they're ultimately going to be um, using felt, little little blue engines, mm-hmm. and they're going to sew it and stuff it. So they're each going to go home with a little stuffy, and it's going to have a picture of them in the engineer's seat. Oh, that's outstanding. Isn't that the cutest? <laughs> that's outstanding. And, um, and I, I don't know whether there will be future, um, you know, uh, textile artists or future uh, dermatologists. But, um, but, you know, <laughs> it's good to learn learning, to sew. they're learning to hammer. <laughs> they, um, they get a challenge, and there's lots of materials, and they get to choose the materials. And sometimes they work in small groups, and sometimes they work individually. What that's creating is it's creating that flexible brain. I heard that she wants us to do this, but look at all the choices that I have. Mm-hmm. And it is just amazing to watch the children in there. And that whole idea of the innovation space has now just become incorporated in the classrooms. I, I, I was it's, wondering if it worked yes. if it's worked out that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, certainly the idea is not just that an innovation space is a place where the students go mm-hmm. for that curriculum yeah. during the week. No. But that whole spirit ends up suffusing mm-hmm. the rest of the classrooms as well. And you know, we've talked about math curriculum, yeah. we've talked about reading curriculum. Yes. I know that I've watched um, your teachers um, really shift things as um, you know, as basic as the spelling curriculum mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. primary school. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, w- I was going to mention, because we were talking about the Cardin method, that we've had, we've had sort of a journey with the reading materials and the mm. spelling materials and have really realized that memorizing spelling words is not really the whole part of learning to spell. Mm-hmm. And phonics is really important. And so we are back to phonics dictation every day. And that was a piece of the Cardin method. <laughs> so and some pieces of it were so, good yes, and worth keeping. Absolutely. Yep. The, the, the idea of it. And um, it's been interesting as we've evolved over so many years to just see what's trendy and what's not trendy. And you know, what is really working for children and what isn't working for children. And we, you know, we have some children that have different learning um, skills and sometimes, you know, a learning issue that needs to be helped. And our learning specialists are just doing a great job. And those children are getting special attention in small groups. They love that attention. And the the rate at which they're progressing and learning is really higher because the school was willing to, you know, put those resources mm-hmm. into helping children that really needed that extra help. Well, and I think about how many adults um, probably had difficult experiences mm-hmm. in schooling yes. that did not support 
how they learn. That's right. And, um, you know, probably some of us still carry scars. Yes. <laughs> and uh, and, and I, I think about, again, that spirit of that play we saw that I mm-hmm. think I can. Yes. Um, and every single student mm-hmm. can. Yes. And it might get there yes. differently, but they can. Yes. Um, one of the other innovations has been TK. And yes. we're just now in our second year of returning um, four-year-olds, yes. uh, what we're calling TK, transitional yes. kindergarten, who was yes. JK or junior kindergarten before. Mm-hmm. It was. Um, at a school where I worked before, it was called mm-hmm. pre-K. Uh-huh. But we've returned to that grade below kindergarten mm-hmm. to the campus. Um, what has that meant to you as an innovation here at Viewpoint? It's just so exciting. Um, and... The idea that we've had TK for two years, and now we're going to have two TKs next year. I think uh, that... Yeah, we've had a new section we've, added. <laughs> we've added a new section for next year. Um, I think that as time goes on, early childhood education is at the forefront of um, the success for children coming into school. Mm-hmm. And I think that... When, when, you're, when you're just needing a little boost, there are so many different people from all around campus that walk into the TK because <laughs> it's such a happy place. And they're very cute. And they are, I was watching Lacey Thompson, our TK teacher, um, do a number uh, talk with them yesterday. And they were just all in and very focused. So the... The thing is that the children going to kindergarten from TK mm-hmm. are already going to really have it, – it's almost a bonus year for them because everything that Lacey is doing in terms of routines and expectations and how to help each other and um, – all of that is happening. It's happening at a different level in terms of curriculum, mm-hmm. although she is differentiating. So she is teaching some of the children to read, um, and some of the children aren't ready, so they're learning their alphabet. So it's it's very differentiated as well. But um, lots of time for building, lots of time for small motor skills, coloring, cutting, gluing, all of those things that... Sometimes children haven't really had the same level of exposure when they go into kindergarten. Mm-hmm. These children are going to be ahead of the game, I've, as well um, as being so comfortable on the campus. I've certainly been in that classroom, and you're right. I mean, uh, certainly the, the the children are cute, and it's a very happy and joyful mm-hmm. place. But what you're describing, what Miss Thompson was, what Miss Wilson mm-hmm. accomplished with mm-hmm. those children. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. There's a lot mm-hmm. of teaching going on, mm-hmm. um, both <laughs> above the surface and beneath yes. the surface. Yes. It's really true of every year, isn't it? It is. It I is. I mean, that's something I think I've learned through my career is that every year is its own journey is very special. Mm-hmm. So that what a child gets in TK and K mm-hmm. in first grade is so mm-hmm. important. Yes. In second grade is so important. Yes. And even starting in TK, they go to all of the enrichment classes, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. So we it's not are, too much? No. They love it. And we are just blessed with the most amazing enrichment teachers who are passionate about their subject areas 
and they have welcomed the TKN as well as the kindergarten, first and second grade. And what I what I think about this is that the children are so um, they're acclimated and they're flexible and they get excited about going into all of these different learning environments. Which, you know, science, when you go into science, there's so many things to look at and Mm -hmm. to be excited about. And they have an art class and a music classroom. And each each of these classrooms, you can tell exactly what we're doing in there when you walk in. It doesn't look like a homeroom classroom. And then we have, as we talked about, the innovation space, and we have technology, and we have Spanish and French, and we have sports classes. So these children throughout the day are dealing with and experiencing lots and lots of different educators, which I think is so beneficial to them as well for their future, because Every teacher has a different style. Mm -hmm. And if you've really only had one teacher for a whole year and possibly an assistant coming in and out, but we have full-time assistants, these children are working with 10 different educators. And they have to sort of watch what that teacher wants you to do and learn because they're all different and they're all excited about their subject areas. And I just think that is such a bonus for our students. Um, really fun, and they get really excited about going to those classes. I, I've I've um I've really learned in my career how these children, and 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 I think every parent might pause and notice this. Mm-hmm. You know, at four and five and six and seven and eight years old, mm-hmm. they are whole human beings. Yes, they are with big ideas. And, uh, you know, big, important things to say. Yes. And I bet you get hilarious stories every single day. We do. <laughs> we do. About, what's, the, what's the funniest or most, uh, you know, interesting thing that a primary school child mm. said to you lately? Well, that's a hard one. Uh, um, what can I say about that? Well, I was talking to... Um, a little boy whose mom was a little concerned about um, a child wanting his food. Mm -hmm. And so um, Mrs. Harrington and I had him come in, and we made it very clear that he wasn't in trouble, but we just wanted to get his take on the food situation. And, um, you know, his eyes just started sparkling, and he said, I love to share my food with everybody. And we said, well, do you think mom packs the food for you and everybody else? Or what, what do you think about that? And he said, well, I think, I think sometimes it's a little too much. And so we, you know, we talked about solutions. And then we thought, you know, maybe the, the teacher would want to say that, um, you know, our moms and dads pack our lunches and they want to make sure that we each eat our own. And he thought that that was a great idea. And we ended with a, when when children come to my office, we always end with a handshake or a hug. And I got a big hug. And it was just a delightful little time with him, special time with him for us. And hopefully we solved an issue for him. And um, that's what coming to the office is all about. 
We all make mistakes. And it's okay to make a mistake as long as we learn from it and we talk about things and what could we do differently or what would you want your friend to do differently and we communicate with each other if we're having a hard time. Or sometimes I get, um, I get to be in the prize box and some children pick my name and they get to come read a story to me. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And sometimes somebody brings me a picture that they drew or I come out of my office and all of a sudden I've got arms around me and it's the best, best (laughs) job anybody could ever have. And I, I'm not sure who's getting the prize if they get to come read a story to you. (laughs) I am. And I just think that it really isn't a job. It's an experience every day of being with children and being with passionate educators who love Viewpoint School. It could not be better. Hmm. I, I can't imagine that that's a, like a beautiful place to, to end. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I know I had other questions, but that's really, really lovely. And, yeah. so, and so true. It is so true. Yeah. It really is. What do you hope for primary school education 10 years from now or more? Well, I think I think the foundational piece of primary school is always going to be priority Mm -hmm. because it's the time that children are learning the basics Mm -hmm. and i think that the way we're teaching it now the children have fun i think in carpool we know that children sort of bound out of the car and run to class and it's really fun to see but my hope is that we just continue to send teachers to professional development. I think I'm so proud of the amount of professional development that Mm. Viewpoint um, provides for the teachers because there will always be new ideas. There will always be, you know, trajectories of of what's coming for children. It's, It's a time when things are moving so fast and we just don't know what will be expected of you when you graduate 10, 15, 20 years from now. But I do think that solid foundation of loving school, loving learning, having the tools to succeed is the most important piece. And it's not only learning to read and numbers and all of that but it's it's the small motor skills so that you can feel successful when you're cutting or coloring or you're doing art all of those things need to stay in place with the primary school and we will add you know extra things along the way as they come but for for me and I've said this many times, when you're building a house, you need that foundation. And unless you have a strong foundation for that house, it's not going to be as successful as if you did. 
I was listening to a scientist being interviewed who just won a Nobel Prize. Mm -hmm. And when he talked about where he got his start, he talked about teachers mm -hmm. um, in his K-12 experience, mm -hmm. not, you know, graduate school, right. not the highest levels right. of the science he was doing, which was very, very uh, advanced. Mm -hmm. he, he really talked about the basics. Mm -hmm. and, and I have to say that story you told, I, 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 I love how here's a child who's in your office, you're an adult, you're in charge, and you asked him a question, mm -hmm. and then you listened to what he said, mm -hmm. and just how remarkable that is, mm -hmm. um, yeah. that, uh, that children have that experience of being taught by you and heard by you. Mm. Thank you. It's, I, I, lo I love that about my, <laughs> my position, and um, when I am able to have that um, time just alone or with Vanessa, with a child or two or three, and I feel like they learned something or they gained something or they knew they were loved. Whatever it is that they needed when they came in the office, the hope is that we give it to them and they can leave the office feeling good about themselves. Hmm. The endowment that um, we're creating in your name is going to be able to extend that love to children who um, at present don't have the opportunity to be here. Mm -hmm. um, I know that's very special to you. It's, it's beyond special. It's, um, I'm so grateful to be recognized, but beyond that, I am just to just know that this is going to go on and on beyond my time and to know that children whose parents value education and who are looking for a place like Viewpoint but, not, but might not be able to afford it, to know that their child can be considered because we will have the ability to, to fund them. It's just, I, I can't even... I can't even put into words, but I can tell you that my heart is full hmm. and the goosebumps flow every single time anybody talks to me about this endowment. And it's just, I, I'm so grateful. People from the school are generous and believing in this. And I just am so hopeful for the future hmm. um, that children will be able to go through Viewpoint and have a life that they may not have been able to have. So it's, it's just a the tribute, best. And it was a tribute to a career um, mm -hmm. in education. And you mentor and lead experienced teachers, parents, young teachers. Um, Kathy, what advice would you give a first-time TK, kindergarten, primary school teacher who was starting out in their career? I would say, um, first of all, we're here to help. We're mm. here to guide. We're here to support. But I would say, um, trust yourself. Trust your instincts. Um, follow your heart. Use the skills that you've developed in, in schooling. I'm sure student teaching. Um, 
possibly in your earlier life if you worked with children at a camp or you worked with children um, babysitting or wherever. Just remember those moments when you helped a child and how rewarding it is or you inspired a child. Because I think the one thing educators have the ability to do every single day Hmm. is to inspire or is to change a mindset or they might just put a hand on their on a child's shoulder and that child will know that they're loved there's so many pieces that go into being a teacher but i would also say just soak it up also don't forget because you're so busy during the day but take a minute at the end of every day to say, who, who do I think I made a difference with today in my classroom? Who was maybe inspired? Who needed my hug? Because sometimes we get so busy that we forget how important we are and how amazing you are in every child's life. Wow, I think that's a lesson that I might carry through my day, mm-hmm. <laughs> and probably anyone listening can. Um, not just not just new teachers. Um, wow. Well, thank you for this conversation, and thank you for the difference that you make here every day thank at you. our school. And thank you for your leadership. Oh, uh, that is most mutual, Kathy. I think of us as great partners in this work. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. To learn more about the Kathy Edelman Endowment Fund for Financial Aid, visit viewpoint.org slash onpoint. Onpoint, the Edelman Effect, is produced by Viewpoint School, an independent school in Calabasas, California, serving students in grades TK through 12. You also can find the On Point podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Viewpoint School channel on YouTube, and at viewpoint.org slash on point.